welcome to Talent Hub Talk. I am Ben Duncan, and this is a place where prominent and inspirational figures from both the local ANZ and global Salesforce Ohana share their stories. In today's episode, I am delighted to be joined by Afreen Khan, a Salesforce CTA and Senior Manager with Accenture. Afreen explains why she decided to study engineering and how she positioned herself to land a Java role when she joined her first company. Afreen talks through her experience of moving to Australia and struggling to find a Java position, which led her to exploring the Salesforce ecosystem. She explains what she first thought of the Salesforce platform and how she hoped her career would evolve after making the switch. Having spent her career working in consulting, Afreen gives insight on how this has helped her grow and develop her skill set and explains why she decided to pursue the CTA as a goal. Finally, Afreen shares what she has learned from the CTA journey, who she feels makes the real sacrifice, some of the best advice she was given and what it meant to her to find out that she had passed. I hope you enjoy the episode, and if you do, please do subscribe for future episodes that are coming through. Welcome, Afreen. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me here, Ben. The pleasure is all mine. Yeah, look, I'm really excited to unpack your journey and hear more about your career and some of your achievements, but I guess uh, really importantly as well, some of um, the decisions you've made and what has enabled you to reach some of the goals you've recently hit. But let's look back at the beginning of the journey. I'm interested to understand why you pursued the career path that you did. So can you tell me a little bit about your education and then why you chose to pursue the course and then also the career that you've landed in? Yeah, sure. So I actually hail from a very small town in central part of India. And then I did my year 12 from there before my parents pushed me to another city to do the engineering. But that is also an interesting story because you have to decide whether where you want to go. Like at year 10, when you are in India, when you are at year 10, your grades actually decides that which path you are going to go. So if you are above that grade or above that threshold, you will get to choose between maths or science. If you choose maths, you will go to the engineering line. If you choose science, you will go to the any medical line. Or if your grades are below threshold, then you will be put into the commerce line. So I knew that, of course, I need to get the marks above that threshold. Otherwise, I will not be treated well at home. But then I had to choose between maths and science. And I knew that what I don't want at that time, because with so much limited exposure back then, you wouldn't have that clarity that what you want to do. But I had the clarity what I didn't want it to do. So I didn't want it to pick science because I saw my elder sister doing dissection and that gave me like a ew factor. I said, (laughs) I don't want to do that. Then the only option I was left with was, of course, maths. And then when I completed my year 12, In maths, my parents sent me to another city to pursue engineering. And then during engineering, there's campus placements happens in India. It's very common where you have to go through some of the recruitment process and everything where I got selected in TCS as one of the grads. And that's how my initial IT career actually started. And you started as a Java developer, right? Yes. So we got recruited as, um, as a grad. 
then you go under a three months training and from there you will just just handpicked and push it into different domains like testing development and a support BAU and all those different stuff so I had my strategy as well planned back then uh, so after my engineering finished and then before I actually got my offer letter and my joining data TCS I did my SCGP certification in Java which actually kind of acted as a, a navigator for me that I will be handpicked and put into a development team rather than a testing team or any other. So I had that strategy back then. Yeah, nice. To get my career into the development area. So what did you find came easy to you with development and what did you struggle with, if anything? So my actually development career did not just started when I actually started working at TCS. When I was in year nine, I had computer science as one of my additional subjects where I learned C and C++. So the love started there. Yeah, so that was it like instantly you felt comfortable or was it obviously it's a learning curve, right? But did you instantly know you'd made the right decision pursuing engineering and wanting to be a software engineer? When I was doing engineering, I did not have that clarity, to be really honest, because you were just doing something, you're reading all your subjects, and you didn't understood that, okay, what I'm going to do with all these. I realized the potential of it when I actually became a software engineering, started solving the business problems. Then I realized, okay, whatever I learned, it's, it's going to be applied here. That's how I started enjoying. As you said, yes, I had the knowledge of C and C++, and I did learn the basic Java. But when I started working, it was like different kind of learning curve I had to go through because it's not just Java you need to apply. Java comes with like a lot of different elements. You need to learn the front end. You need to learn your database connection, which I did not do when I was like studying all those things. So yes, definitely there was a learning curve and I had my mentors there also, which definitely provided an incredible support to bring me up to speed. And you you were an established, I guess the, the question should be, were you established in your career as a Java developer when you decided to move to Australia? Like, Were you up and running, quite well respected in your field and in safe employment at that point? Absolutely. When I moved into Australia, I was already like, I had four years of experience into the Java development. So I was very comfortable in that area. And I was very confident that when I will land here, I will easily land a job. Did you expect to continue your career as a Java developer in Australia? Absolutely. So again, another strategy I had played that point in time when I moved here, I did not resign from my company, which is TCS. I just quit my project and flew over here. And I thought that I'm just going to go and talk to the RMGs over here. And I will land myself a project pretty easily and pretty soon. But it didn't happen quite that. So the plan was to stay with TCS, but come to Australia with them. Uh, So I already had my dependent visa and everything from my husband. So the story actually started, I got married in December 2013 and I moved to Australia just one month apart, like in early February. Wow. And before moving to Australia, I moved or jumped between different couple of cities in India. So it was like, okay, I'm just going to another city and it is going to be an easy sale. I'm just going to go as like as a, uh, that I don't have a project, but I'm still employed with TCS. Now I am here. Find me a project. Yeah. So it essentially works like that in India. If you stay with the same employer, but just switch city, you go to there and then find a project. So you must have realized that actually there wasn't going to be a role with TCS for you or a project here. So yeah. at what point did you start to look for new opportunities and how did that look? 
I think within one week I realized because they did not entertain me at all. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then I decided, okay, they are not going to find me a job. I utilized all my leaves. So if I look back, I did not have like any break in my career because I utilized all my leaves to find myself a job in Australia. So I was technically on the bench, but still employed. And then um, how did you go with finding a different company? So um, what was the, the biggest challenge, I guess, you faced in, in landing a role as a Java developer in Australia? Oh, what should I tell you about that? There was a lot of learning curve and a lot of challenges. First, people told me a lot of different things that do this, do that and do. That. So there were a couple of things which I did. I started going to the Java group meetups, which used to happen. And then I also started applying to the jobs, started talking to the recruiters. But then my CVs were not getting selected at all. And I was like surprised at why none of the recruiter was entertaining me back then. Every single recruiter asked me the same first question. Do you have a local experience? And I used to say uh, no. And that used to put a big reject or a big red no on my CV. And then it didn't used to move even like a forward. And then I was like, what should I be doing? It's not going to land me anything over here. There was a learning curve in how I prepare my CV. How should I write my CV? How crisp it should be? What it should include? What it should not include? I learned how to tailor my CVs based on the job description. There's nothing called cover letter in India. And then I learned how to write a cover letter. What is the significance of it? So a lot of learning curve went into that too. It was soon enough, I realized that the Java market was very saturated and there was not many opportunities which were coming up even on the internet at that time. And I, I happened to bumped into one of our acquaintances and then they told me that why don't you just look into Salesforce and see that if you are able to find something. That's how I started looking into the Salesforce area. So just for anyone listening, what was the duration from when you landed in Australia to actually securing your first role? Four and a half months. Now, I mean, four and a half months, it is a long time to be looking for a job. But to some people, that doesn't seem like a long time, like four and a half months, you know, like because they might be employed. And, and But for someone that just arrives in a new country, four and a half months would seem like a lifetime, right? Because you would start questioning, like, did I make the right decision? Like there would be not, you would have been motivated, but you would have had some self-doubt, I'm sure. And, and like start questioning, is this the right place for me? Am I going to get a job? Now, how did you stay kind of resilient through that process? I actually went through a lot of mixed emotion at that point in time. As I said that I was very newly married. So I was thinking that what's happening to me? Is it because I got married this is happening or I moved to Australia? That is why it is happening. So I really went to the mixed emotion at that point in time. But I think how I kept myself motivated because I always loved my individuality. So that is one thing which I always crave for. And being resilient, I think I had the peace of mind as well because I had a support system by my side. My husband, he was earning, he had a good job. So I was financially secured. I was being looked after. So I know that today or tomorrow, I'm going to crack it. And the only motivation factor that I didn't stop, I had the support system, I had the peace of mind. But what I didn't do, I didn't stop trying. Mm -hmm. Every single day, I moved out, I looked out, I talked to so many people during that four and a half month. As an introvert, that was a very difficult thing for me to do, to go and talk to the poor people who you don't know. Isn't it funny as well, because like, obviously, we've only met through Zoom, but I would never think of you as an introvert because of how you come across on Zoom. But it's so interesting that that goes to show how difficult it is to read people and understand, you know, how they're feeling 
through a video call? Absolutely. And I try really hard to not come out as introvert. And I think this has been a very long journey since the time I've moved to Australia. I know that how important it is to communicate, to build your network. And I know that I still am feeling that I'm very nervous and I should not talk, but I do not let it come across that way. And of course, CTA journey has also taught me this. I have made so many friends which I would have never imagined that I would have ever had. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I can only imagine the, because uh, you go on the journey together, right? And uh, especially when Flow Republic are involved and they, it's a community. So yeah, that's uh, amazing to see. So you mentioned, someone mentioned to you that you should consider Salesforce. So tell me about that. Like, what did you first think of Salesforce when you kind of looked under the bonnet? And how interested and excited by Salesforce were you? So I started looking into it that what it is. I never worked on uh, any CRM tool or any cloud-based tool prior to that. I always been on like enterprise languages where I was building the app, like front end, back end, all built by that language and based on that language. But here, when I started looking into it, I was like, okay, the app is already there. You are just doing configuring and it's so easy. So that definitely was my first impression. But that is back then, like 2014, when Salesforce was still maturing and the market here in Australia was evolving at that point in time. But yeah, now if you say someone that today switch career into Salesforce, there's going to be like a massive learning curve Yeah, because it has expanded so much. Of course. So you started your career, you got your first role, you're a Salesforce developer. Where did you kind of expect your career to go from there? Did you expect that you would stay just being a Salesforce developer? Did you instantly think, you know, I, I want to strive forward towards the architect role? So when I started my career in TCS, I, the first role or the first project I was landed on is on the Tata Research and Development Center, where I was actually working with a lot of senior architects and a good architects. So that actually always I looked up to them that how good they are and how their thought process is. So that is always an aspiration back then that, okay, someday I would like to be one of them. So that aspiration and that desire actually started very early in my career. But I didn't have any idea that how it's going to evolve and how I will take my career or move my career or shape it towards the architect journey. So did you feel like in a way you were starting your career again as a, a Salesforce professional or did you just see it as the next logical step? When I actually started my Salesforce developer career over here, I, I think I went four years back in my career. I actually started like from literally from A. Yeah, sure. So you being in the consulting or the professional services world, do you feel it kind of fast tracks your career or gives you, because some people say like working in consulting one year is like the equivalent of working three years in the industry side, right? Do you feel like you get that fast tracked career by um, seeing so many different environments? That is 100% true, actually, because you are really working in a fast paced environment. There's no time for rest. And you have to constantly keep upgrading yourself. It's like a mandatory thing when you are in professional services that you have to keep upgrading yourself, up, keep yourself up to date with what's happening or what's latest in the market. Mm -hmm. I feel if you're not a self-motivated person, you wouldn't do all those things so rigorously or so religiously when you're working on a product company. Yeah. So have you, in your opinion, have you always seen yourself as someone that, Yeah, I know you you didn't say that you would get to architect so quickly, perhaps when you started the Salesforce career, but ever since you understood and saw what a CTA does or is and has achieved, did you always feel that you were someone that could achieve that? And then also, do you feel that peers and management and people around you have always seen you as someone that would go on to be a CTA? Okay, there are a lot of questions now. <laughs> I will take uh, one by one. 
I was technically strong. So during back then, early days of my Salesforce career, I also quickly finished my PD2 certification. Back then, it was considered as the most difficult certificate because you had to do the project in 30 days, submit it and then do an essay. And I also cleared that in my first go. So I did consider myself like a strong technical person. So I thought that, okay, I can definitely crack this. And with the like the word, as I told you earlier, that I always desired or aspired to become an architect. And this was the channel I think Salesforce provided for me. I do consider it that way, that Salesforce has provided me to channel my career towards the architect path. And it being of like pinnacle of cert, who would not want to achieve it? The thing which I didn't know that how difficult it is going to be. But I had that belief that, yes, I would crack it, but it is going to take this much sacrifices. That is what I was unaware of. Mm -hmm. And as I said, that I'm very introvert. So I have very close set of friends and only few people know me actually that how I am. They only believe me that, okay, I can crack it. But yeah, different people or other people might have different perception or viewpoints. But what about management? Like, if, if do you feel like you've always had that someone pushing you to, you know, achieve what they felt you could achieve and what you felt you could achieve as well? Was there always that, you know, encouragement? Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. In order to have support, first of all, you should be motivated enough because somebody else is not going to write an exam for you. If you are motivated, the next thing what you need to have is the support system. And of course, I was lucky enough that I had the strong support system professionally as well as personally. From management side, there was like incredible support that they provided. And whatever I asked for, I think they gave me. So I can't complain. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really key. I think it's, um, like you said, it's the support both both at home and professionally. But what was your driving goal? Uh, like, what was it that pushed you to go for the CTA at the, the stage that you did? And at what point did you realize that it was going to be a huge sacrifice? The reason why I decided that now I want to do it, because I know that my kid is still not big enough where I need to focus on him rather than on myself. So he was still in his early stages where I can put more focus on myself. And that is why I decided that now I want to do it. I won't get an opportunity later when he grows a little more. I will not get this much amount of time because my priority at that point in time is going to be him, to shape him, to be a better man, to be a better human being. And that was my time. I decided that this is the time I'm not going to get this opportunity. I think when I realized that it's going to take this much amount of effort, it was way long in the journey when I realized that, okay, it is going to take a lot of it. The exam was all about like its depth and breadth. It was somebody told me that this exam is all about depth and breadth. But the time when that person told me, I did not understood it. But I definitely understood it now and during the journey that what what he actually meant. Yeah, I mean, so would you say that would be the best um, insight or piece of advice you were given in the journey? There were a couple of advices I was, I, I get. Yes, one was that. The other one that have a, Seth told me that have a solid support system, both professionally and personally. So that was another advice which he gave to all of us, I guess. Then someone also told me that it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. So keep focused, keep going, you will get it someday. Yeah, I think that's great advice because, you know, I think a lot of people that get into it don't often know, like you said, the sacrifice to you came through the journey. It wasn't necessarily something you knew before you started. So for anyone that hasn't started yet, is there anything you could compare doing the CTA to to something else that people might kind of understand or, or 
either have experienced or considered before? Any master's program, I think I would compare it to like a two-year journey. Definitely, you need to give two years of your life to it. And it is going to be difficult because you are going to pursue it alongside of your day job. Yeah. So it is going to be way too challenging. And then when you're doing it alongside of your day job, you are going to snatch away your family time or time from your family. They will end up actually doing the sacrifice, not you, because you are learning so much during this journey. Yeah, for sure. Is that something you were well aware of that, you know, because I think that that's the first time, I think often people say it's a big sacrifice, but this is the first time that someone said, actually, it's not me that sacrificed, it was my family. Were you very aware of that through the process? And um, have they forgiven you for the sacrifice? (laughs) Uh, I'm still making up for it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Was it immediately worth it, though, for you? Like the moment you found out you passed, was all of the studying, the you know, the hours spent, anything you might have missed on a personal level, did you feel it was immediately worth it? Absolutely. Who doesn't love the rewards? That's true. <laughs> but when the reward comes at after making so much sacrifice or so much, when you put in so much effort, like you are working two jobs, you are doing two, after working like a two jobs, you get something what you wanted. It was immediately worth it. A lot of times that like children, they see their, their parents maybe doing like some work in the evenings or stuff, but it's, it's not always, especially in this Salesforce world where, yeah, you study for certifications, but it, you know, if you're doing one of the multiple choice ones, it might be a couple of weeks you study or something like that. But it actually like for someone to see their parent putting so much into something and, and, you know, uh, committing to something actually probably is a great example that you're setting for children that will go through education and things like that soon. Yes, I think I would just give you a story over there that every single night whenever I was like putting my son to sleep, we used to just pray that he used to say that, please God, make my mama an architect so that I can call him mommy architect. (laughs) (laughs) So once when I got the result, actually, uh, he was really happy that, okay, mama, you passed. Now you are a mommy architect. (laughs) That's so cute. I love hearing the stories about the impact it makes on the family. And uh, I was speaking to uh, Poonam in, in India, and she was saying that when she told her family, like her family were in tears because they knew how much it meant, like her, her parents. And that's all part of the journey as well, right? It's, it's an achievement for you, but it's an achievement for the whole family. Absolutely. They were so relaxed because like, they were like, you are not going through this two-year journey all over again. So put in what you have got and whatever is going to happen, we are with you. That kind of support. I think it's it's very important. And obviously, they were really happy. My family in India was really happy. So one, obviously, um, the, the CTA is, is a huge achievement. But if you go back and look at your career, there have been some challenges, you know, it's not been all smooth sailing. And one, one area that I want to just revisit is that four and a half month period where you were struggling to find work. Because I think especially now that, you know, the market is a little bit more fragile than it's been over the last couple of years. And there will be people that have, you know, that are achieving their dreams of moving to new countries or, you know, cities, things like that, and might not necessarily um, find it easy to find a new job. So if you could go back to yourself at that point, you've just arrived in Australia, your first day, what what advice would you give to yourself? And um, yeah, to make that kind of journey a little bit easier? I'm just gonna say that do your homework well because that is what I didn't uh, I didn't do and expect the unexpected because I was expecting that I'm just going to another city I'm employed I'm gonna go to get the project but that didn't happen obviously I was heartbroken at that point in time so I would say that expect the unexpected and then do your homework well before you jump into anything. Yeah, that's great advice. And for anyone that wants to to reach out and pick your brains, whether that's on 
you know, the CTA journey, um, doing that as a, a parent as well, or, you know, having resilience through a job search and maybe times where they might have been struggling, things like that. Where's the best place to find you? Okay, I can, you can find me on, on LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure we share the LinkedIn address. And um, and thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to hear your story. And, and yeah, congrats once again on the CTA journey. It's been uh, amazing to hear. Thank you so much. So that's a wrap for this week's episode. And thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the chat. And if you did, please make sure you have subscribed for future episodes that are coming through. I would also be very grateful if you would consider leaving a review on your chosen podcast platform, as five-star reviews will help us to reach more trailblazers from across the world. I look forward to sharing another episode with you soon. And thanks again.